I had a very, very strong mom. Um, still strong. <laughs> oh, man, I, I wish she was with me today. Um, you know, I wish that I could kind of dote on her a little bit. And uh, I'd, I'd parade her right up in front of all of you and just tell you how awesome she is. And uh, everything that I put her through, right? And then everything she put me through. No. But, um, man, I had a, a godly, strong mother. I think that part of my challenge, um, you know, with this generation, I know some of you, man, you're bawling your eyes out. It's all good. Uh, whoa, I about fell. Uh, with this generation specifically and where we are in our culture, it's just, it's difficult for me sometimes as a preacher because I want to convey the word of God the way that it is, right? But I, I, want, I want it to hit your heart. I don't want your filter uh, to, it's like, I don't know, the only way this just came to my mind, this illustration, it's like you're, you're surfing the web, right, at your, at your company, at your job. And they put all those filters, right, on the internet. So it's like there's just some things that you can't get to because it's blocked, right? And even sometimes they're not bad things. It's just the type of filter that they have on that, uh, on that internet as you're surfing the web. It's similar to that, especially when I approach a, a Mother's Day sermon. You have all of those filters, all of those things built up in your life. Some of it, tragedy. Some of it, heartache, right? And, and you know, at some point, those things build up and they produce walls, right? Uh, and so when, when I'm preaching to you, I'm trying to let the Word of God reach your heart. So my ask today would be just to let the walls down. Take the filters off. And let it come to your heart. Let this message uh, and and the scriptures that we're going to read approach your heart. And then whatever God has for you today, hopefully you'll be able to just receive it, accept it, and put it to play. Put it into practice. Some of the filters in this culture, in this generation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not naive or ignorant to a lot of the issues of today. But I think personally that femininity... If I said that right, I'm struggling with pronouncing my words this morning. Um, but it's under attack. Motherhood is under attack. Can we not see that in our nation? If, if the devil, and, and look at it from this perspective, right? Bethlehem Creed, point number five, know our enemy. We're going to talk about that this coming Friday night on Facebook. But if the devil can deconstruct the home, he wins. He, it's a win. The first establishment before the church ever came along was the what? The home. Mom and dad. And mom plays such a crucial, critical role in the home that the devil knows if he can just take mom out of the equation, (laughs) we dads don't stand a chance. We really don't. Look in Genesis chapter 3. And I preached on that last Mother's Day. We don't have a sermon archive to go back. I have the notes if you want to read them. But uh, last Mother's Day, I preached about Adam and Eve. But look at that very first husband and wife, very first father and mother, and look at what the devil did. He attacked who? Mom. 
And, and that is just so true at what is going on today. And let me say this, the culture, my, the scriptures that we're going to read are going to take us all over the map on a small journey. My whole goal is that you as a mother today feel strengthened. You feel strong when you leave. You feel more celebrated in who you are as a woman and who and what God has for you in your life that you feel so celebrated, so strong in what God has for you that you're ready to just run through the wall, right? And, and go out and take every challenge head on because you have to, because we men can't do what you do, right? I can't mother my children. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work for me. I go crazy when I try, and we'll talk more about that. But it is, it is so under attack. And, and if the devil will attack you directly or uh, you know, challenge you with some things that you're struggling with or maybe your anxiety or your job or you're trying to balance the home because that's what you do. If he can't get you directly, then he'll get you indirectly through your children. And that's tough. That is so tough as a parent to look at your children and, and then see someone coming at you. You know what I mean? See someone producing conflict that doesn't even need to be there, Right? So we have to be wary of, of all the devil's wiles, of, of how he'll break down the home. And so I think that there's a generation of children that are coming up in our nation that know not God, unfortunately. Why is that? Well, first, the devil attacked the marriage, right? And you look at that and the breakdown of the home. So many divorces happening. So many breakups so much adultery, so many things that attack the home like straight on, attacking your husband and wife relationship. But then what happens? He's, he's trying to indoctrinate and change our children. So first, the onslaught of tearing the home apart, and then the second onslaught, we'll, we'll just use the progressive mindset, we'll use the media, we'll use whatever we can, whatever outlet to come into these young people's lives and change their thinking for the wrong. And that's what I see. I see a ton of stuff out there that no kid should ever read. No child should ever see, right? And that is just affecting them and they're taking it in in mass quantities and parents are just letting the, you know, you're just taking the lid off of technology and just letting your kids mainline Netflix into their lives. I have Netflix. I'm not against Netflix. But I'm against my children watching everything that's on Netflix. Can I get a witness? Put a darn parental lock on that thing. This is a complete side note, but put a, put a pin on and don't tell your kids. That's what we did. You know, they, if it's not rated E for everyone, then they got to know the pen to watch it while we're protecting our children. You know, I, anyway, so that's a sidebar side note. The point is, is that the devil is working overtime to change their mentality. And one of those things, I, my wife and I, we celebrate our differences. That's so key. I am not like her, and she is not like me, period. End of story. And I'm not talking about personality. I'm not. 
Like, we're big in, in podcasts, and we're big on identifying how each other thinks and, and our, our tendencies and, and our, like, psychological makeup. I'm a questioner. I don't know what she is because she watches the Gretchen Rubin stuff. But the point is, is, like, we identify who we are on a personality spectrum because that helps us get along because that's just common sense. But to the core people who we are, we were created differently. And I'm going to get into that a little bit. The world, mainstream, doesn't want you to say that. I don't really know why. (laughs) You go to the boys' bathroom, and it's different than when you go to the girls' bathroom. (laughs) Like, they're different. We got different parts. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not. We're different. We're going to celebrate that today. And I'm going to show you how to celebrate that from Scripture. We don't have to be... We don't have to be obnoxious to culture. We don't have to be obnoxious to everyone who believes and thinks differently than us, than the Word of God. We need to, point number one of the creed, lead with love. But that doesn't mean that we let that take our voice away. It doesn't mean that we let that take our our differences in who we are, man and woman, away. Because we have to celebrate that the way God wanted us to celebrate it. Why? Because we want our children to celebrate that. And if that doesn't happen, then we lost a generation. Then the devil is won. He's knocked it out. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of like, I'm sick and tired of this tolerance thing and like all these other words. Like, I don't even know what they all mean because I'm too busy to keep up with politics completely, right? Um, but the point is, is like, I, I just want to show, I want to show you the Bible today. I want to show you some scripture. I want to show you some love from that. And I just, I hope that we can just take the filter off, right? Just take the filter off and receive what the Word of God has for us. Okay? You guys good with that? On this happy Mother's Day? Let's let's go to the Bible. Let's all stand and read a few texts together. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I asked you if you had a strong mom. And I'm going to talk about my mom a little bit. Because I did have a very strong mother. But I want to read you a little story about a strong mother in the Bible. You know what? And oftentimes overlooked. Oftentimes understated. But her son got plenty of publicity. Two books of the Bible named after him. Right? From the Apostle Paul. But, you know, everybody gives... Who who gets the credit for Timothy's preaching? Help me. Huh? Paul. Who gets the credit for Timothy's preaching? Paul does, most of it. Paul wrote the letters to Timothy. But I want to tell you, as Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story. Look at this text. Verse number three, I thank God whom I serve. This is Paul writing to Timothy. From my, what's the next word? Forefathers. Paul's fathers, right? He's saying. And you can be talking about this on a higher level, a patriarchal level where you have four fathers, Father Abraham, right? Because Paul was distinctly a Jew, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, right? So Paul could contextually be talking about his forefathers, but there's a reason why he's saying this. Continue reading. With pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, speaking to Timothy, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, 
that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. In thee, Timothy. Timothy, you got something inside of you. Why? Which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Paul gives credit. Paul gives credit to grandma and mom for what is in Timothy. That's fantastic. That's something to be celebrated. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. I love the context of this, Steve. Wherefore, I'm going to stir up the gift of God that is in you by my hands. But who put it in there? Huh? God, yes, but who did God use? Who did Paul say God used specifically in Timothy's life? Huh? His mom. His mother. Paul said, I'm going to lay hands and stir up a gift that was put within you by your mama. Come on with that. For God hath not given us, watch this, the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Those three things are the things I'm going to talk about today, but, but the context of this passage, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So Paul is literally saying, Paul gave you this spirit. Paul, Paul is saying that, Timothy, you are saved. You are put on this path because your mother son. Paul gave credit to his forefathers. Paul may have had a man in his life. I'm not sure. But when he spoke about Timothy, he was very pointed and very direct that the figure in Timothy's life, two Bibles, the two books of the Bible, first and second Timothy, that we pull the qualifications for a pastor in first and second Timothy, they're called the pastoral epistles. When I want to know how to shepherd my flock, when I want to know how to pastor, when I want to know those qualifications, when I want to get it right, Rick, you know what I mean? When I want to know if I'm doing my job as a pastor right, I'm going to 1st and 2nd Timothy. And Paul said, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Timothy, Timotheus got there because of his mama. We're here today worshiping largely in part to Paul's relationship with with Timothy. And Timothy was in his position largely in part because of his relationship with his what? Father, we love you. We thank you so much. Bless us. Speak into us. Speak life over us, through us. May we be, dif- may we be different because of today's message. In your son's precious and holy name, amen. You may be seated. Follow me quickly. I have about 15 minutes to unpack this and move along because I know all of you have Mother's Day plans and, and, and men, you better have Mother's Day plans. And you better. How many of you men bought your mothers, a.k.a. wives and mothers, flowers? Come on now. How many of you did it? One? Two? Okay, there we go. Maybe four. Shame on y'all. My goodness. I go to Dundalk Florist every year. I have them delivered. And then I have a flower shop in Tennessee that I call, and they deliver flowers for my mom. But... Uh, These three things, power, love, and of a sound mind. Timothy was encouraged by Paul, by the Spirit of God, not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul was very inclusive with his mother in the sense that he he received this. It was in him, put into him by his mama. 
Proverbs 1, verses 8 through 10. Follow me quickly, Cody, as we go through here. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Forsake not the law. How many of you can track with that word, the law of thy mother? Let me tell you something, Timotheus. You can leave it right there. Let me say, tell you something, Timotheus. You're going to get this. It's going to be like Gatorade. Is it in you? You know what I'm saying. Because I'm your mother, and you're going to get this because God's got a plan for your life. And we find uh, Proverbs gives us the maxim or the piece of wisdom that says you better not forsake the law of your mother. And if you have a mother that was strong, you, I don't even have to explain that. I don't have to explain what the law of thy mother means. You get it. I intrinsically shudder inside when I think about the law of my mother, right? It is self-explanatory. For they shall be, watch this, an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, watch this, and this is what I was talking about running into this message. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. There is something that is put within us by our mamas. And it is something that is a law that will regulate us. When I, when I talk about the law of God, I'm not trying to regulate, right? Because that's something that Jesus overcame with love and fulfilled with love. But when it comes to my mother, my mom was all about regulation. Son, you better be inside. When the streetlight comes on, how many of you were raised that way? I was raised by the streetlights. Come on. That's where I'm at. When the streetlight come on, you better hightail it home. I don't care if you skinned your knee. I'll skin your backside. My mother literally, i got to get through this quick. It was after school, 2.30. I was like, man, let's, let's go out in the field. And I had a friend of mine, right? Amnon had a friend, always a friend that led me astray. I was raised in Florida till I was 12. And if you know anything about Florida, we have armadillos, Right? Many armadillos, they dig holes, they run around, big old field in the back. My mom's taught Christian school for probably 60, 80 years, something like that, I don't know. She's been a Christian school teacher for a long time. My mom, I think, is 65. I'm the baby of the family. My sister's like 40-something, I don't know, she's old. <laughs> Wouldn't know it by her Instagram page, though. Shout out, listen to this podcast, at Blissfully Eclectic. Anyway, but the point is, is my mom meant business, She meant business to this point. Let me explain to you my mom. Maybe you'll understand a little bit more about me. 2.30, I want to chase armadillos. Was I supposed to be chasing armadillos? Absolutely not. After PE, my tail should have been in my mom's classroom sitting down doing my homework that I received during the day. What did I do? I went and chased armadillos. And the older friend that I had at the time said, why don't we go out in the woods by the church Because we can find more animals to chase. Sure, that sounds like a great idea. 30 minutes passes, an hour passes. I don't even know how much time passes because I'm 11 years old. Okay. All of a sudden I hear, Matthew David! Oh Lord, my stomach sank. Oh, in that feeling, I knew I was in trouble. I was not where I was supposed to be. And the trouble is, is that my mom found out that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. My mom was running across that field. Matthew did that. Finds me coming out of the woods, grabs me by my hair, pulls me up to the, the front of the school, and asks the man standing right there who was a deacon for his belt. No joke. This wasn't that many years ago, but my mom is from the old school. You understand? The man... 
holds his pants, doesn't dare tell my mother no. Does not dare tell my mother no. Because my mother asks for something, she gets it. He holds his pants up, and I'm going, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. This is a bad move, bro. You're going to lose your pants. (laughs) And she cut him a look. He takes his belt off, hands my mother the belt. Oh, Lord. And I was like this. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Woo! And she just spanked me and spanked me and spanked me. You never do that to me again. You never do that to me again. Do you understand me? I have been looking for you for 45 minutes. You were supposed to be in my class. You never put me through that again, ever. Spanked my tail all the way up to her classroom. I didn't have friends for another year. (laughs) No one would come near me. Are you kidding me? Just kidding. I had friends because everybody knew my mom. My mom could care less what you thought about her. She cared about her kids. She cared about if I was going to be raised right or not. Very strong mom. That's just to give you a little insight to the law of my mother. Do you understand? That that illustration puts it in plain words. You know what? And here's what I would say to this. Don't be scared, moms. My mom would have had the cops called on her if she did that in 2018. You understand what I'm saying? And could I sit here and quiver and, I am the way I am today because my mom beat me. (laughs) And I'm not trying to minimize child abuse. I'm really not. There are some sick people in this world that they are the way they are because they didn't get their behinds busted. But you know what? I knew that my mama loved me. That was never in question. Never in question. Was it a little extreme? Yes. (laughs) Who did I want to spank me? My mom or my dad? My dad, without question. But the law of my mother. Watch this. Here's a little background on Timothy. Because I think that he, I think he dealt with the same things that I dealt with. Many believe that Timotheus or Timothy's father was not a believer. This shows uh, the strength of his mother. Many believing that Timothy didn't even have a father figure. Timothy was circumcised in Acts 16, 1 through 3 for adaptation purposes only. Timothy, when he, when he started his relationship with Jesus and with Paul, and Paul was working with him, if you understand Timothy, a young pastor, Paul was developing him. The community that Timothy found himself in had a large Jewish population. And Paul knew, Paul knew that if Timothy was not circumcised, that he would have had a hard time relating to the people that were there. So look at this text, Acts 16, 1-3. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess. Watch this. His mom was a Jew. Right? A Jewess and believed. But his father was a Greek. And then it just kind of leaves it which was well reported of by the brethren, that there were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So what's the point of this? The point is is that Timothy was not circumcised. Timothy was a half-breed, if you will. Half Jew, half Gentile. Ooh, I've been speaking openly about our need to break down racial barriers. Our need to accept everyone in the love of Jesus. Why? Because that's what the gospel calls us to do. And we see an example of that right here. 
And if you don't see the fact that there are racial barriers, your, your head is literally in a hole in the ground. You're not, you're not looking around you. So we need to be active about this, but my point in the story is that Paul gave him validation, not transformation. Paul already knew Timothy was ready for his ministry, but he only circumcised him to give him clout and street cred, spiritually speaking, with those Jews that were in the community. That if he was not circumcised, we can get into that later, the Jews would not have listened to him. That's the only point. But now we see a lot about Timothy's upbringing from this little text here. You can go to the next slide. We see a lot about his upbringing. What is his upbringing? His mom was the only spiritual influence in his life. And his mom, even though Timothy was not circumcised, in other words, even though Timothy did not follow the law as strict as, she still instilled into him the belief in God and the path that he should walk and the work that he must do. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I'm speaking to you mothers, I'm not saying to you, lock your son, lock your daughter into this mold and force them into it. I'm not saying that. His mother worked with what she had. Do you understand what I'm saying? Without a father figure, he was not there. He did not believe the way she believed, but she still worked with what she had. She still did the best she could. And kudos to every mom in here, every mom that listens to this online who does not have a father figure there. You are mom. You are dad. You are everything that that child needs at every point in their life. And good for you. And hats off, and, and, and I'm clapping for you, and I'm praising you this morning because you've done what you had to do to raise your children right. That's what we see. And he went on to do amazing things. Timothy was a great preacher. So if you're alone, realize that you're not alone. You're not. God is there. And boy, is he pulling for you. What does this mean? It's not the gender, but it's the God of the gender. That's my statement. It's not the gender. It's the God of the gender. Yeah, she was the mom. Yeah, there was no father figure. But yeah, there was a heavenly father who filled in all those gaps. Do you understand this morning? If culture is making you feel inadequate, you tell culture who your God is. If culture is telling you that you can't do it because of your gender, (laughs) you tell culture who your God is. If your coworker, if your family member is telling you you can't do it, you tell them who your God is. You see, the world is trying to say, we're going to change your gender. We're going to change your identity to fit whatever identity you think you need to have. Our identity should be found in Jesus, not in ourselves. It's the God of the gender, not the gender that's the problem. Why do you say that? Because the text says that his father was a Greek and his mother was the religious one. Do you understand what I'm saying? My point in this text is that she did it alone. She did an incredible job. So am I going to get up here and say, all right, every family needs a father and a mother, and, and that's just how it's going to be. And without that, the kid will never turn out. Is that what we see in Scripture? Yes or no? Absolutely not. What I see in Scripture is I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
You can let down that culture, even if culture tells you, you can't do it. And, and, and understand what I'm saying here. Amen. You know, we, we live in a moment where people are trying to say that a woman can do anything that a man can do and do it better in some regards. Let me help you with something. It's not our responsibility to tear down genders and what God created. It's our responsibility to know the Creator to help us fill in the gaps of our fallenness when we are called to do a job that we were not originally supposed to do. That's the trouble. We're not turning to God. We're not turning to Christ in those times of need. We're turning to self. And that's what I have a problem with. With this idea of women can do anything. Men can't do anything. Women can't do anything. No one can do anything except the Lord bids them do it. Except we have the power from on high to fulfill the job. And I'm not here to say men can do this job better and women can do this job better. I'll get into that a little bit uh, just based on our relationship, but that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if you're called to do a work, if you're called and put into a situation that is not ideal... You can do it. Wherever you are in your womanhood, God can pull through. And that's what we see in this beautiful story. She was left to wear every hat in that home. And she did it perfectly. And when I say perfectly, I don't mean perfect. I mean she did it the way that she knew to do it. It's not gender, but it's the God of the gender. Let me just read quickly these passages of Scripture. I feel like this needs to be something that we really think through. Can you all see culture attacking these things? Can you all see people attacking these concepts, these beliefs? Anybody see it? In the media? Right? Listen to this Scripture, Genesis 2, 25-24. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. That's a name. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be, this is beautiful, one flesh. Not they shall be one greater than the other. I've heard that preached. That's false. They shall be one. Here's what I believe. I believe in complementarianism. What does that word mean? It means that you complement one another. Headship has nothing to do with this. The fact that I am the head of our home has nothing to do with I'm above her and she's beneath me. She was taken from me to be a counterpart that together we are one. In other words, when I don't have her, I'm hurting. When she don't have me, she hurting. You know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's on the podcast. Podcast, they needed it. Follow me on this. What the, what, the, what the culture, I'm being careful here, is trying to say is that men think that they are so much greater than women. Women, don't let them think that. You're greater and you're just as good as them. That mentality is competition. This ain't a competition at all. If it was, she would tear me up. It isn't a competition. It's complimentarian. I compliment her, and boy, does she compliment me. She's much better looking than I am. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what Genesis is saying. God created a man and a woman. God created it. So what do I see here? I'm obviously going over, but it's okay. 
I'm seeing that God designed this. Don't let anybody tell you different. God designed this. The man's sign on the bathroom and the woman's sign on the bathroom was God's design. I'm not here to take a political position. I'm just saying man and woman is found right here in Scripture, and that's how God made it. Anything past that is something that we have come up with. And we live in a fallen state. So sin produces a lot of things. And follow me. I'm not saying that they are sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sin produces anxiety in our relationship. Sin produces problems with husband and wife, much less all the other things that we know exist in culture today. But what we have to understand is first principles. This helps guide every decision that we make in life because we understand originally how it was supposed to be. There are a lot of things in our life right now that are not the way it should have been originally, right? And we deal with those things, and we pray for grace, and we pray for mercy in all those situations. But it's helpful to understand that God created a man and God created a woman. He's got something and she's got another one. Got me? It's amazing how many people... We let the kids go. It's all right. It's amazing, except a few. Close your ears. It's amazing how many people don't get this nowadays. It's a shame. Number two, God made. We are God made. Psalm 130. You need to rest in the scripture this morning. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me. Watch this. In my mother's womb. What does that mean? I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. This means that when you're a baby not even born yet, that God is covering you with his grace. He knows you. He has formed you in the womb. What does this mean? Life begins at that conception. And when God sees a baby in that womb, he put it there. Uh, No, that's not scientifically what happened. Um, You think God, (laughs) you think science is above God or science is the way God created it? That's what we need to understand. We were designed and we were made. This is how God designed it. And when we come to be, God just didn't set it and spin it. We're not rotisserie ovens. Remember that old Showtime rotisserie oven? Set it and forget it. That's not, that's not how womanhood and motherhood works. Marvelous are thy works. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knoweth right well. What does this mean? It doesn't mean that God created it and he's got a bunch of little rotisserie ovens floating around and set it and forget it. And you can do whatever you want with it. No, that's a life in there. And God is caring for that child from the beginning. You as a mother in that nine months are mothering. God is controlling that situation and my heart goes out to you, to all that have lost children in that stage. And many are overlooked and many have trouble bearing children and my heart goes out to you. Why? Because you feel that. You feel what the text is saying. You wanted that at that moment. And when that didn't happen, that was a letdown. Only you can feel that. I, I, I don't understand what you're going through, but I know that Scripture says that God was at work in it from the beginning. And so I'm sorry for that, and I love you for that. But understand, motherhood, happy Mother's Day, that's God-designed, and that's God-made. 
That's amazing, isn't it? You're a part of something greater. A part of something eternal. If we rest in the fact that we are God-designed and God-made, listen to this, I promise that will fix our identity crisis happening in 2018. The identity crisis that we deal with now in our young, very young children, what will fix that if we just teach them from a young age? God designed you and God made you. What will that do? I'm I'm about to get with it. What will that do? What does it do when you tell your child, God designed you, sweetheart. God made you, baby girl. Yeah, you were a mistake. Yeah, your mom and I, man. (laughs) One thing after another. Do you know how damaging that is for a kid? Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) It was only supposed to be three. Wait, it was only supposed to be two. (laughs) I remember sitting in that room for that ultrasound. And I I mean, I was scared because the lady looked at us, that tech. And, And as a parent, and I get it, and my heart goes out to everyone who mothers children who are celebrated because they are not the same. They're not like every other child. I love you, and I I pray for all of you because that's God's design, and that's God's plan. Sometimes that's hard to accept. But you know what? God's grace is sufficient. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you, and God loves your child just as much, if not more, than anyone else. But the point is, is sitting in that room, you you just want them to say they're healthy. You know what I mean? That's like the goal. Are they healthy? <laughs> and they're like, uh, do you want some news? Do you want some news? And I was like, oh, Lord. I mean, I know, God, I pray all the time that whatever you send in my life, your grace is sufficient, and we'll handle it through you and through your grace. But I don't know that I was prepared for that. And our stomachs just, like, dropped. We're like, hit us with it. It's okay. You know, we, we have faith. And they're like, there's two heartbeats instead of one. And we're like, oh my goodness gracious, are you kidding me? I stood up and I just did this for like five minutes. Whoa. Anyway, I was freaking out. So I got to go the other way, straighten this out. Anyway, much better. I like, are you kidding I was like busted out the door. Guys, I'm having tears. I was giving high fives to every technician in that whole wing. Everybody knew I was there. Just kidding, that didn't happen. (laughs) But I was like, this is amazing. It's God's design, and God made it. And those kids, at night, when I have these routines, you know, and Rainy has this Jesus storybook Bible, she wants the same story over and over. But I teach her. Last night, and we do this as a couple, we go upstairs when they're asleep, and we lay hands on them and we pray over them. We pray over our children. God, please give them a heart for you. Are you praying over your children? Are you reaching in their little cribs and just begging God to do something amazing with your children? Are you praying, believing? Or are you just like, <laughs> they're asleep finally? Me time. Me time. <laughs> I get it. Trust me, we get it. It's off the hook in our house. But you know what? There is no me time that can substitute for that grace that we feel when we're praying over our kids. And when I kneel down and I tell my daughter, you're beautiful. Daddy, I know. No, 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 no. No, you don't. You don't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying you're beautiful because 
you're the way God made you. You're not beautiful because you look like mommy. You're beautiful because you're beautiful inside and out, the way God made you. We're teaching our children that they were designed and they were made. Let me explain something to you. That would kill all the negative comments on social media. That would help. That would help every child out there that needs, that is, that is clamoring for something in their life because they don't have a Eunice. They don't have a grandmother, Lois. They don't have that leadership in their life that's saying, God did this thing. Do you understand how beautiful you are? Do you understand just the way you are? God made you. God loves you. And God designed you. Isn't that incredible? If every child in the world would have that love, boy, would this world be a better place. Boy, would that end hatred. Boy, would that end racism. Absolutely it would. Because God designed you. And God made you mothers. Do you understand the responsibility? We got a lot of mamas who don't get that. I want to celebrate that this morning. Listen to this, church. Don't base your do's and don'ts on your fallenness. Base them on your oneness with Jesus. We don't base our do's and don'ts in our parenthood based on our struggles based on our insecurities, based on our sin nature, we base it on Jesus. I want to celebrate this morning mothers everywhere. I want to encourage mothers everywhere with these three things. Paul said these three things, Timotheus, not the spirit of fear, but Paul said, I want to encourage a spirit within you that your mama put there. And here's those three things of power, Do you remember in 2 Timothy 3, it said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got the power. (laughs) I got the power. Do you understand, mama? Hey, look at me up in here. You've got the power of God. He's not giving you fear. You may have fear. You may think that you don't got it, whatever it is. And you see that other mama over there on Instagram, her at whatever she is, and everything she does is perfect. (laughs) No, it ain't perfect. That ain't reality. That ain't life. And that ain't us. Do you understand Timothy, Paul said, I'm about to lay hands on you, son, and I'm about to stir something up that your mama put in there a long time ago. And what is that? That is a spirit of power. What does that mean in the Greek? It means strength. Let me tell you something. My mom and dad went through it. A divorce at 16. My dad struggled with some dark things. And when when we got into those problems, all my sisters had left home. And my mom and I were faced with bills and a house. I had to grow up quick. I had to make money at 16. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I saw a mom that was strong. Yes, I came home sometimes and she would be curled up on the kitchen floor, bawling her eyes out. Yeah! But that didn't mean she was weak. Because in her weakness, God made her strong. I'm not telling you to put on a facade. I'm not telling you to hashtag fake it till you make it. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying in your brokenness, you can have power. 
You can have power from on high from your motherhood. Women can do this. Men can screw that crap. It doesn't matter who's strong and who can lift weight and who can do this and who can do it. It has nothing to do with that. Don't let culture tell you that you're defined by your job or you're defined by what you can lift. You're defined by your strength inside. And that strength comes from the one on high. Your power of love. Timothy, God hath not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. What is that? That Greek word is agape love. That is a love that holds on. It is a love that goes deep. It is a love that is channeled from on high. Not some nostalgic love. Not a love where I remember where mom and I used to go get ice cream. But a love, I know I'm going long, but not a love that comes from God that channels through and that holds your children together. <laughs> Kids can be the most ungrateful, difficult things. I see your mom nodded her head. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but she did. <laughs> she was talking about your sister. <laughs> Do you understand that there is a love, moms, that will love even when it's tough. Even when the circumstances aren't ideal. That's the spirit of love. And of a sound mind. Spirit of fear? No. Power, love, and of a sound mind. Self-control, mothers, is your gift. It is your gift. Your law is consistent. It is patient. Impart this balance to your children at a young age. Final statement. Diversity is not making everyone the same. It is celebrating your uniqueness and thanking God for that in your life. Diversity is not making everyone the same. It's celebrating what makes you unique and how much God loves you. Last night while I was finishing, I'm sorry, yesterday morning, I was finishing the message. and You know, I had already written it, but I, I, I tweak it on Saturday as I'm just thinking about it. And... I was downstairs in my closet slash office, whatever it is. I'm typing. Most of the time I put headphones on. This is as I'm closing. But most of the time I put headphones on and I'm listening to a little worship music or I like soul music, whatever. You know, I enjoy soul. So I'll be listening to it just faintly in the background. Enough distraction. But I hadn't put my headphones on. And I'm preparing this message for Mother's Day. And upstairs I hear, River, come here! Ross, over here, guys. Okay, it's time to eat. Put that down. I love you. Oh, my goodness. Randy, can you grab that? Blah, blah. I mean, it was like constant. Constant. And I just pushed away from my desk last night, or yesterday morning, and I just listened. It was the soundtrack of her life. And I was going, ain't no way. <laughs> Diversity is celebrating your uniqueness <laughs> and not letting anyone take that from you. After, I, after a while, I walked upstairs. After they were to bed, right? <laughs> Hi, you need anything? <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Soundtrack alive. No, thanks, I'm good. Oh, great, okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> finishing my message. <laughs> but as I listened to it, so unique. I cannot 
I've tried. She came home, and all three of the kids were in their pajamas backwards, so they couldn't get out, and I had them (laughs) tied to the couch. Just kidding, that didn't happen. But that's what I would do if I had to watch them. She's like, you know what? Matt, I don't think you've ever watched all three of them alone by yourself for any period of time. I was like, you know what? I might not have. (laughs) There's a reason for that. (sighs) You're unique. You're absolutely unique. Watch this. I celebrate that today. I'm not here to tell you that I can do your job. I'm here to tell you that I can't. And I'm here to tell you that I love each one of you. And wherever you are in life, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're wearing every hat. I just want to encourage you this morning and tell you that that's okay. Lois had to do it too. Eunice had to do it too. And watch. I'm sure there were moments in her life where she was looking at young Timmy, good old Timmy, before he was ever Timotheus, little Timmy, right? I'm sure she looked at little Timmy and thought over and over, is this kid ever going to amount to anything? But you know what? She stayed strong. God gave her the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind.